0: You're listening to Guilty Mixtape. I'm Matt Bogart, and I am joined with Steve Long. Steve, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well, man.
0: You're always doing well. Always are well. Are you ever doing extraordinary well? I am doing extraordinary today. Oh, really? I am. That's because Steve started his day with cocaine.
1: <laughs> hey!
0: Imagine if they had a, a drug commercial like that. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you always see, like, pharmaceutical companies where it's just like someone. They have erectile dysfunction and they seem down and then they see their partner and then they're happy because they can uh, have sex with them because they're on this pill. They should do something like that for drugs. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I've been really in the dumps lately, but all of a sudden I found cocaine and it'd just be like them having a great time again, like out to like <laughs> dinner with friends, like with wines like cocaine side effects could be more cocaine. <laughs> irregular heartbeats. If if this persists, go see a doctor. Right. They should have those.
1: I'm surprised, yeah, because like in that scenario, I mean it's very educational. Oh yeah. People are watching it. But also they'll they'll get to see the side effects, which I think is issues. They'll hear the
0: sound they'll they'll hear about the side effects. That's true. Side effects include nosebleeds, watery eyes, so much fun, you'll won't be able to handle yourself. <laughs> a, a harsh come down the next day. A har- no, a harsh-, <laughs> a harsh come down in a f- couple of hours. But don't worry, if you have more cocaine, it'll be a okay. <laughs> Side effects include erectile dysfunction. I have no idea, but that's an- that's something another pill could fix. It's true. Although you'd have to ask your doctor if your heart can handle it. Probably, yeah. That would be part of the, the the
1: fast speak. Ask your doctor if you can handle
0: that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I always get weirded out when it's uh, an erectile dysfunction one, and it's like, ask your doctor if uh, if you can have sex. And I'd be like, I am sure a lot of guys are just like, just give it to me anyway. I'll, that's how I want to go. Right? Don't worry about it. Yeah, because then what are the follow-up questions? Like, is the doctor going to be like, what
1: frequency are you you know, going to use this? You know, it's it gets into weird territory with your doctor. I,
0: as much as I please, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So anyway, Steve started his uh, morning with a giant rail of uh, cocaine. Mm. Uh, ask your doctor if your heart's uh, well enough to use it. And on today's show, we have Brian Bunon, Steve's childhood friend. Yep. Now, Steve, what is Brian Bunn's new podcast called?
1: So they they started to record a podcast about a year ago and they were very consistent with it, but I think that they realized they needed to kind of like focus on a theme. And also I think, you know, the, the name that they they set out with, trial and error, was more of a like throwing stuff and ideas at the wall kind yeah. of thing. So they've rebranded, they've pivoted in the startup world, oh. term, if you want if you will to the Extraordinary Podcast. And it's basically the play on the words of extraordinary, extraordinary. Just two ordinary dudes talking about, you know, things um, that interest them, talking to friends that are doing interesting things. And just in general, it's just it's just a, a bunch of guys just BSing.
0: Oh, fun. Yeah. What'd you talk to them about?
1: So I talked to um, Brian um, and my brother both um, on Christmas night.
0: Oh, so this is from Christmas?
1: Yeah, so I was home for the holidays. They have a podcast studio. They have a form of the bunker, but I think ours is is definitely more bunkerish, more, more bunker. Uh,
0: is that a is that a compliment?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I just I think ours has a much more um, homey appeal, if I will.
0: Oh, it looks lived in. It
1: has yeah. a lot of character. Yeah, I feel like I feel like people have set up apartments here illegally in the past, and, I, and I'm okay with that. So. Um, talked there. Brian has uh musical taste across, I think, uh, a lot of genres, mm-hmm. which is why I think he was a good guest. And you'll get to hear that coming up.
0: Cool. Let's listen to it. Here's Brian Bunn on Guilty Mixtape.
1: What's your name? What do you do? And why are you in the podcast?
2: Well, my name is Brian Bunn. I am an IT specialist in by day and a... Amateur audio engineer, producer, whatever you want to label it as, I do my own thing with music. Yeah, uh, try to record stuff and make it sound decent for yeah. the year. And uh, I'm on this podcast because I fancy myself an audiophile.
1: I think I think and I think uh, you fit that description quite well. Sorry. I
2: think we can. Uh, I think it's safe to say that I've got plenty of guilty pleasures when it comes to music. Totally. So it's just fitting. Oh,
1: no, it's um in the same realm of, of what I had sp- uh, spoken to my brother about. It was that I grew up with you, so I know and I've seen your ch- your um, taste change mm-hmm. over the years. Mm-hmm. But also, like, you've been a kind of person that has never stuck to, like, one genre of music. Mm-hmm. You've jumped around. Mm-hmm.
2: And, in, and with intention, because in the same mode, if like you're searching out, like, good music, right? Right. It always has to – it's always, like, a thing where uh, you got to – even you even have to listen to things you don't necessarily like because if you're going to produce music, you have to know how to do it all type of situation. Sure. You know, even if you're not, you know, a big fan of the genre or you style, have or whatever, you it. have to know how to do it. Frame you know? of reference, right? So that leads you to listening to a lot of crazy shit. You know, and just
1: yeah,
2: <laughs> have, I mean, just like so much off the wall craziness. But the genres are pretty vast. Yeah. I've never, and I don't really turn my back on any type of genre really at all. I mean, I couldn't really be what I want to become if I did, you know, so sure. I've always had to try and keep that, try and keep up with the times with, uh, things changing and whatnot and yeah. always make sure you're paying attention to the differences and how things are mixed even today because you're, they're mixed for phones and stuff like you know, ultra lows, ultra highs are usually not even in the mix anymore because they don't, they don't Doesn't come through, through on a phone, and that's what things are being yeah. mixed to it, these days, which kind of blows my mind. But I get it, you know, you you right. you adapt to the time and whatever.
1: Oh yeah, I've, I, there's a something I was listening to the other day, and it was about how um, certain producers that become influential like can totally change the sound of like a season. So like all summer, like a certain. Right. note or a certain kind of production right you know move or mm-hmm. you know sound becomes like it takes over mm-hmm. and like it is because of those moments of like well everyone's everyone's doing it they're mixing for this or they're mm-hmm. doing you know everything's going to youtube now and it's mm-hmm. like so it just becomes this like i don't know it's hard mentality it becomes the way yeah exactly the
2: way to do things so it's it's really it's hard to keep up with sometimes just because yeah. it's a lot so out there. you know there's just so much going on and just when you think you've got your thumb on everything that you've figured out a whole new genre springs up or a whole new different way of recording something or, you know, totally. Uh, yeah.
1: Well, I guess, so you, you grew up, you are the oldest, correct? Or no, you're mm -hmm. the middle. No, I'm the oldest. You are the oldest. Okay. Yep. So, um, before I ask you like the type of guilty Uh pleasures you had, um, what was your like music, experience as a young kid like how are you listening to stuff how are you introduced Hmm. initially to stuff was it all radio was it a little bit of like your parents playing stuff was it you know relatives Hmm. and
2: had like a record player I'd I'd say it's a probably a mix of a lot of things Uh, a lot of radio a lot of my dad you know playing a lot of you know Floyd Zeppelin that whole era my dad was never really too big into the hair Hmm. uh metal uh I guess he did like Queensryche, which is somewhat, it's it's progressive-ish, but it has like those types of things going on with it. But he, I didn't really get a lot of that growing up, but it was mostly through just big ass, badass stereo system that my dad was super proud of, you know, like just jam Floyd or, you know, any, any of those seventies-esque bands really. Um, on my mom's side, I got a lot of the pop, um, a lot of the pop stuff she was just that's just what she's into, she's into. um r&b a lot of uh early 90s r&b got oh, came nice. through came through from my yeah. mom's side i'm rediscovering a lot of this like 90s era r&b and i've made like a playlist of some stuff
1: and you're just like there's some fucking great gems just from that era hell yeah of r&b like um and just to me like on un- like people were into it of course like i had girlfriends that were like all about it and i would jam to it too Mm -hmm. but like now looking back you're just like the production values the voices things that don't happen today
2: no absolutely incredible no auto tune no i mean maybe there was some type of auto tune back then i highly doubt it but there were definitely you know reverbs and stuff that made you sound a little better than just dry but it was like raw talent you know they were really singing that stuff i mean boys to men yeah uh SWV sisters yes. with voices. <laughs> I mean, like all that you oh, know, yeah. that that era. And I a got me, a lot of that from my mom. Yeah, a Color Me Bad
1: song came on the other day, and it wasn't "I Want to Sex You Up." It was another one. Um, mm. Let me let me let's see if I can look uh, up. But it was a track that I was like, "This song is so good," and it totally fits the like guilty pleasure thing. Mm-hmm. And
2: it was from that era, and I was just like, "Oh my god!" Like, how did I forget about this song? And I got I, I got a lot of that. I had a lot of different influences with with music you know, my father my mother but my grandmother also listened to a lot of elvis okay and uh in even that side of the family coming from like tennessee kentucky they listened to hank williams jr yeah and you know you know, stuff like that so i really had a i was pretty lucky to have such a broad spectrum of 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 shit that people were you know around me were listening to
1: yeah but i think that to credit to you is that you were like a sponge in that way too yeah. it wasn't like you could have been in a car in a car ride and you're like, but then like every once in a while you're like something caught caused your ear to perk up. Right. Go, Oh yes. Pretty damn good.
2: Or I'd hum along with it or like, remember the melody and it's stuck in my head, even though it was something that I wasn't, even if I didn't necessarily like it, then come to appreciate it a little more now, you know, and things like that were like, Oh God, my mom's playing her music again. Yeah. Looking back on it, it was so influential on, me even being like a MIDI musician Mm. and, you know, making beats and, and, and just stuff like that, that didn't necessarily use actual instruments that I didn't realize at the time that I was soaking it up, but I was. And a lot of that comes through when I do make a track, you know, I do latch on to even stuff like that, you know, and having such broad spectrum, you get to take a little from there, take a little from seventies rock or whatever, and, and make your, and develop something that's really brand new or uh yeah uh really original you know just like oh wow that has like a lot of different elements from different things you know so
1: oh yeah i mean that's uh, there's a few times I've, I've heard you sample certain tracks that i'm like mm-hmm. oh my
2: like perfect. or like nobody would have thought that that would work but yeah man you made like it work. i i uh sampled a, a beatles track and made a dubstep track out of it It turned out re- so much better than i ever expected it to turn out Yeah, and then uh 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 the These eyes, one. These eyes, yeah. Oh, Why can't I think God. of the band name? Uh the Guess Who. Guess Who, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. What a great beat! It ended up. Coming, I, I remember listening to that song. It was when Superbad had come out, and you know, Michael Cera's character is singing that song in a room or whatever in that movie. And I was like, "What the hell song is that?" I didn't even know it. Totally. And I had to find it. And once I found it, I was like, "Oh, cool!" And then I I jammed it a few times. And then one day, it was playing just the beginning of it, just a loop, and I just started going, and I was like, that would be a cool beat. I could just loop that first part, you know, and every once in a while I'll throw in these eyes and then just not let the, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was really cool. Oh, yeah. Well, and so...
1: Do you find that that's how you found a lot of your guilty pleasures is maybe through movies or maybe through like awkward, like situations like that where you're just like, I was in a bus and that that's what they were playing over the speaker. Like, what it's, were
2: you- it's really hard for me to nail down that type of thing because I don't actively. When I hear something that I do consider a guilty pleasure, I don't necessarily remember the first time I heard it. Hmm. Um, I don't because the first time I heard it, I probably wrote it off. Oh, okay. You know, I kind of like, was just oh, like, Jesus, Yeah. But good so, it, it, and then it like comes around to where I'm like jamming it, and I hear it, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, this track. Yeah, I remember this." Uh, but I don't necessarily remember exactly when I heard it, you know. But it's kind of like it it was it was like a little ticking time bomb that was placed in my brain, and I didn't realize it was happening, you know. That's a good that's a good explanation mm-hmm. for it. yeah. a bomb that like slowly yeah it just gets
1: creeps bigger up on then, you.
2: Then, You're like, "Oh, there it is." God. Yeah. <laughs> that's
1: yeah. true. Well, so um, I guess any specific um, bands, genres, songs.
2: Um, my guiltiest pleasure, I would say, and, and this being because I'm probably the most embarrassed by it. Which is good. It um, embarrassed in a good way. I, I can't. It's not like I'm absolutely hating on it or anything. And like I secretly go jam it by myself, which I do. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not necessarily a particular artist is it is a genre there is a particular artist that I prefer but it is new age hip-hop I have a very strange <laughs> a very strange thing with new age hip-hop where I absolutely love it and hate it at the same time because yeah the re well the reason I feel it's a guilty pleasure is because I know that technically I shouldn't like it. Like, okay. it doesn't really spread that great of a message. The lyrics are, are hard to understand sometimes, and it's just so terrible. But in some way, it fits with the beat, and the beats these days are just phenomenal. That's what's really carrying it. Sure, the, sure. Um, but it's it, <laughs> it just has to do with that new age Hip hop. I I know that I shouldn't like it. I feel like yeah, deep yeah. down inside I shouldn't like it's it. But like I I get, get a little roots, buzz but... on. I drink a few beers and I just jam the shit out of it and love it. Love every bit of it. Next morning I'm like, what the hell was I doing? But there's something about it that just gets me moving. It gets my. It makes me dance. Mm. The beats are these days especially. And and I'm not talking about hip hop in general. It's this new this new trappy. Mm. drill style music uh that's that's kind of like this blend of techno and rap at the same time trap totally so so to say that's kind of come across in the past like four or five years that a lot of people are like you know you see memes and stuff online where people are like this is this isn't hip-hop this is hip-hop and it shows pictures of biggie and tupac which i love don't get me wrong yeah i love but i can't say that i don't like the stuff I do, I really do like it. There's a weird thing about it yeah. that I don't know how to explain it. I hate it, but <laughs> I love it. I, it just really gets in my soul somehow. Sure. It gets me moving, gets my feet shuffling, my even if it's just a head bob. You know, yeah. <laughs> it really just gets it going. And uh, an artist, in particular, this will probably make every person listening cringe. That's some type of critic but i really i'm a huge drake fan interesting (laughs) (laughs) like i'm not buying his discs i'm not wearing his t-shirts or anything but uh i think of all the new artists that are doing hip-hop he's probably one of the most intelligible uh, guys yeah. that are out there doing it, even though it may not be everybody's cup of tea, I think he's really articulate with his voice. You can understand what he's saying. Yeah, um, he's not mumbling. He's just very syllabant. like just everything is right on point. And uh, he he just has a weird flow to him. Or everything he does, I'm kind of like, yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah, <laughs> all the time, man. And I'm yeah. just like, I I don't know, I don't know why I like it. I just do, I and I'm not going to apologize for it.
1: I, I, that should be the show's tagline. I don't know. why I like it. I just do, and I'm not, not going to apologize for it. Because honestly, that's but that's important. That mm-hmm. to me is like what a guilty pleasure is. You know, you are like I should. Everything about me is antithesis to what this Mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. but i can't help but enjoy Enjoy myself right maybe that's what it is like some music is not about like oh yeah that's a really great falsetto
2: or Mm -hmm. oh that's a really great Mm -hmm. beat it's like i just enjoy it because most of new hip-hop is very topical it's very to the point there's not it's not deep it's not but i feel like it's doing exactly what it's supposed to do when i'm enjoying it like it's doing what it was meant to do when i'm enjoying it now that's not all the time yeah i don't like it all the time but there are just certain moods where i'm even if i'm not drinking if it's like a saturday and i'm on like a i i do go to uh youngstown quite a bit yeah so that's a good hour and 45 minute drive yeah to youngstown and maybe it's a whole hip new hip hop hour and 45 minutes you know it just it puts me in a certain mood you know totally certain mood well i was gonna say that um there was an era of hip hop that you
1: totally know, and it was like this, like socially conscious hip hop, and like KRS One, and like mm-hmm. all these guys are mm-hmm. like. It was about the message. It was yeah. about the wording. It was about the phrasing. Mm-hmm. The music kind of took a step back. Oh yeah, yeah. And now you have like all of these producers that have all these right. tools at their disposal. Some mm-hmm. them analog, some digital. Mm-hmm. So I think that, that that's kind of a thing. Is you're still I know because you're just as as you are you know being into hip hop and also being a lyricist mm-hmm. yourself, but. Mm-hmm. I think you're always into
2: the wording, but it's more because of the rhythm. So you're into rhythm. You're into music first than you are vocal. And I've always, always, always been that way. I don't necessarily, even if it's rock and roll or anything, I don't really give a shit about what you're saying. Okay. There are certain songs and stuff that I just love the lyrics to. I love just about every Floyd song is just fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, but lyrics usually take a back seat for me. I'm always listening for musicality first yeah. and then melody or, you know, rhythm or something like that. You know, I'm always listening to that first and, and, uh, Melody, especially in the vocal, if you could be saying fucking five words and repeating them over and over, but if it's a great melody, I love it. You know, it. I'm yeah. not a big lyrics guy. Gotcha. I'm not. Because so, I feel sometimes when you put a little too much in the lyrics, it gets corny. It almost gets to the point where like, I can't get into it because it's so specific. It's and, uh, or over explaining. Over explaining it. Right, right. It, I feel like if you... And not always, but if you're going to do something that's going to hit the masses pretty hard and be like a staple in, in culture or whatever, it's got to be broad, especially the lyric, lyrical content. Just be broad so that it can relate to every person, you know, sure. every, you know, it's not specific. So everybody can make their own version of it in their head. You know? Yeah.
1: Well, I'm not getting into music theory too deep because I don't want to do that, mm-hmm. but just, mm-hmm. just. I've noticed that like you can hear certain tones and they have that like bright tone or like the downtone. And it's Mm -hmm. like, so there's sometimes you're just like, I I don't even care what the singer, the singer's vapid or whatever, but like the tone of the music is like, I just feel good hearing it. Yeah. Yep. absolutely. it could just be that,
2: you know, sometimes hip hop does that to me, man. Yeah. I love it. (laughs) I really do.
1: Is there any other, um, besides the pop hip hop or any other artists in that genre or any
2: other specific songs that like Um, stick out to you? Something that I've been getting into a lot lately that, is a guilty pleasure. I'm not so much embarrassed by it as I am the new hip hop, but, uh, it's something that i regularly play a lot. It also does the same thing for a mood situation. It just gets me in a good mood. Um, I listen to a lot of, and this is definitely from the fallout video games from playing fallout three and fallout four. They've always had a post world war two soundtrack. Yeah. And I love, love, love uh, that era, especially songs by like Marty Robbins, Skeeter Davis, Mm -hmm. the End of the World. Have you ever heard that song? It's a great what song. What a fucking amazing oh, fucking yeah. song. That is a, that is so one of... Good. And I'm singing that to this day, every day. Like, at some point in my day, it's I... It's coming in. You know, Don't they know it's the end of the world? I'd sing it all the fucking time. Yeah. Such a great song. Uh, yeah. The Ink Spots, too. Oh, nice. Is, is an older... You know, like... I what mean, uh, When did World War Two end? Like, 41? Sounds about right. 41, 41 42. Yeah, yeah, so, like, from about there to, like all the way out to maybe fifty, like that whole Yeah. Uh there's a, a and what I like about it a lot too is there's a lot of songs about like Adam Bomb there's like Atom Bomb Baby Little Adam Bomb or Uranium Fever is a good one too. <laughs> it's and I just I love it all. There's just something about the lo fi audio production quality of it. Yeah. And it's so real. I don't I don't know how else to explain it. It's so real. It it blows my mind that they got that audio quality back then when they probably only used maybe four microphones for the whole fucking setup, you know. Sure. And uh I love it. I that I just last night put it on and listened to like the whole Fallout 4 soundtrack, yeah. you know, like 2 hours long of fucking post World War 2 songs. I yeah. really really like it a lot, man.
1: No, I think that that's another thing about guilty pleasures for me is it, it has an ability to transform me somewhere. So again, mm-hmm. if I'm totally on my my kick of like, oh, I've been listening to, I know, post-rock and I'm just like totally on this like post-rock kick, right? Mm-hmm. Like I will have a day where I'm just like, no, I'm gonna like go straight all 80s today or whatever it is. And it's right. like all these guilty pleasure songs because I just want to have a different feel inside. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It has mm-hmm. nothing
2: to do with anything mm-hmm. else. And it's like,
1: Yeah, so it totally makes sense. It it
2: just puts me in a mood, man. I don't know how else to explain it other than that. Just puts me, makes, and I know when that I wake up and immediately know if I'm in that hip hop mood or that post World War II era mood. Like I just, I know what I want to hear right away. Yeah, try to put it on right in the morning, just maybe cleaning up or picking up the beer bottles or whatever. (laughs) Starting your day. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, Besides that, is there um, things that um, I guess because memories of being a kid. So, mm-hmm. was there anything when you were a kid, nothing that's current okay. guilty pleasure? Was there anything when you were a kid where you were just like, maybe your sister had that you started to like take a liking to, that you were like hiding and like listening
2: to or anything like that? Mm-hmm. I, it's probably Boys to Men. I'm yeah. a huge Boys to Men fan. Yeah, I just love the the vocal melodies, the vocal harmonies. I, I just love that early '90s R&B. Uh, I, there's just again back to my mother just playing it in the car or whatever, you know, and just knowing those songs. And as I progressed as a musician and understanding how to sing harmonies with a vocal line that's already going on and realizing that there was fucking four of those dudes making all these harmonies work together. It was just like, wow. Wow, man, It's, it's very impressive. It really is hard to do. I'm guessing a lot of that uh, because Rob Webb is really, really good at that, and totally. he, uh, he grew up in the church and stuff, and learned how to sing and harmonies and stuff in the church. And I know that probably has a lot to do with it too. You know, churchy. Y- you just have to. Quirrel. You know, you have to. You gotta. You, even if you weren't that good of a singer, you were figuring it out and singing with your family. And you know. oh yeah,
1: well I remember hearing from uh, a couple people who are like studying. You know. Uh, music production Mm -hmm. and they said one of the like earliest things that they had to learn was like whenever you hear a song there's like tons of layers that you never think of Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to vocals and he's like yeah so i had to spend like a recording session just recording harmonies Mm -hmm. and like he never put two
2: and two together that like oh that's a part of the recording process right it's like yeah totally different perspective yeah you'll spend a lot more time on that sometimes than even the main melody line because harmonies are kind of one of those things that you try out and you're like oh nailed it or you're like okay didn't nail it i know which register i gotta go to now let's try it again okay <laughs> i didn't nail it let me try it again and it, like the main melody's been there for hours but you've been there for you're two just trying more to make it trying mix. to yeah you're trying to mix the sauce together right yeah, you're yeah. just like all right well that was too much salt
0: mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. you're listening to guilty mixtape i'm matt bogart and as always i'm joined by steve long steve how you doing i'm doing well man now steve we Our sponsors pay a lot of money to be on this program, but I just want to show everyone how important this is. Steve is a uh, freelance video producer. You can hire him, but this ad's not about him, Mm -hmm. right? But Steve, can you tell me what the hardest part of your job is when you're trying to film something? I mean,
1: especially when you're doing um, certain shoots, there's a need to um to get authentic reactions. You oh know, yeah. You don't you don't want people to to uh, know cameras in the room because you want them to just be themselves, right? Ah yeah. So I would say, eighty five percent of the time, it's how to camouflage your camera so you get legitimate performances, and I, and I think that's key,
0: right? Yeah, I, I would assume so. And it's a good thing we didn't rehearse this line at all because it just goes to show you. How authentic of an answer that was. Mm -hmm. It's not like I said, Steve, we got to start over again and over again. No. Mm. That was the first take, people. Trust me on it. I'll build a wall to prove it. And uh, there is a surveillance shop in Montclair called Silverback Surveillance. And they do exactly that. They will hide cameras all in your house so you don't even know that they're there. Yes, And that's the most important thing because, uh, Steve... If you're trying to shoot a burglar on film, mm-hmm. they're going to they're they're shy away as soon as they see a camera. Of course. Yeah. I've broken into homes, and I've seen cameras, and that's exactly what I do.
1: Your performance changed.
0: Performance changed 180 dramatically. All yes. right. So what Silverbacks does is they find out different places to place cameras in businesses or home residents so no one can see them. Mm. So if anyone's robbing the house, they'll find them. Mm. But why stop at robbing a house? Right. All right. You, there are places in your house that you should monitor at all times, like bathroom mirrors. Of course. Of course. And Silverbacks does that great. They'll install, you know, two-way mirrors so that you can see and record everything that's happening in the bathroom. Yes. A lot of stuff gets lost in bathrooms. Tons of stuff. Because people think that there are no cameras there and that it's safe. Oh, yeah. That's a lie. Such a lie. Because you need to have a camera there in case you have a dinner party and all of a sudden your jewelry goes missing. This
1: is just what they tell
0: me at Silverback's happens
1: all the time. That's where you go to if you if you stole a necklace, you go in the bathroom and then you shove it in your in your uh, loot bag. In your lo- Oh yeah. It's very common. A lot of a lot of murders happen in bathrooms. I mean, it's
0: Yeah, I read that statistic too that right. they told me at Silverback. Exactly. But also Steve, in your bathroom at least, mm-hmm. the the mirror is facing what? Uh, it's facing north south. North-south, okay. Uh, but also, it's facing the toilet. Oh, absolutely. So what happens if someone turns around mm-hmm. to the toilet to, you know, steal your, steal your goods? You won't be able to find them. You oh, yeah. can't I mean, show that to the police. Anything on the shelf would be blocked. Yeah. So also, Silverback does a great job of getting toilets in, uh, cameras in your toilet. Oh, wow. So they can see everything that you're trying to steal. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. So ne- now for the low price of $5,000, uh-huh. they can rig your whole, uh, your whole house up with cameras everywhere, including your bathroom, with sound. Amazing. And you could literally see and hear everything everyone's doing in your house. That's, see, now, and you know what I would want to do is guest bathrooms, I think, are far oh, more my important. my God, yes. Because
1: I feel like as much as you're going to trust and love your guests... They're going to be the ones that are going to be stealing stuff from, oh, your, yeah. your, from your
0: house. So you got to have security You need there. it You need in the bathroom. They can also do shower heads in case someone tries to go in the shower mm. and they're trying to sneak stuff away because yeah. they're onto your game.
1: Or maybe they're selling drugs through, no. through the shower. Because yeah. I'm sure that's common. Selling
0: drugs, selling people. We don't know these things. Yeah. And you can't really trust anyone these days. That's it's true. it's It's a scary world we live in, which is why we need total surveillance at all times. But why stop at your home residence? Right. If you have a business, put a camera there. Mm, workplace, yeah. Workplace, I mean, things go missing all the time. Sure. And it's always by the baby changing uh, stations. That makes where sense. Where they can like lay stuff out mm-hmm. and then put it in their bag. It just, Silverbacks in Montclair, New Jersey, is where you can find all of your home surveillance needs and business surveillance leads uh, needs. And if you have any leads, you can use Guilty Mixtape, let them know you listen to it, and they'll give you a steep discount. That would be great. <laughs> now back to the show.
1: And then um, because, uh, you know, you are a musician, um, is there anything that, like, you have played? Like, even if it's just, like, jamming out or picking on something that you're, like, I'm totally embarrassed to know that I know how to play this, <laughs> but, like, I can play.
2: Oh, shit. <laughs> um, or you know
1: the chords, too? You know what I mean? Because I'm, I'm sure that comes up.
2: Uh, it would probably be uh, Willie Nelson, Baby I Didn't Love You, do, 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 do. quite it's as already. much as I could have. That is just fucking, uh, that's just a, an amazing song and Willie's The Man. Uh, of course. But like, I, I can jam that on guitar and nice. I don't do it often. But you but, don't do it often? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, I can. Yeah. You know? Every once in a while, I'll break it out when I'm around uh, uh, my girlfriend's dad, he's a Uh, Vietnam vet and he like you know even stuff like Credence and stuff like that I'll break those out and it'll just be me and him sitting in the living room and he'll start singing along with me you know and it's really cool just to somebody was in that era living that and then this music is all about it yeah yeah pretty cool
1: that's awesome Um, I guess the only other thing I can think of is is there anything that you
2: that you wanted to cover we didn't touch oh man I guess uh, oh I will say that the times that i enjoy it or sing it uh hip-hop that is or any of my guilty pleasures is normally in the vehicle or in the shower definitely in the shower i will rap a drake verse through my whole shower i'll repeat the same verse over and over too like it doesn't even matter you know and i'll just sometimes be taken way too long of a shower because i am just you're just i'm trying moment. to think of like oh wait no he says that here in this cadence yeah <laughs> and like it's so weird just thinking of it analytically like that but yeah, yeah i do that in the shower a lot do you ever have um i had
1: this the other day where it was i had an earworm and i was trying to figure out what it was and all i could do was sing like the first few lines mm-hmm. and i'm like searching google wasn't mm-hmm. helping me and i'm like mm-hmm. Fuck, what is that song what is that song? Okay. And so I had to keep singing it to keep it in my mind. Right. And I started searching like, cause I think at the time I had just gotten the the Black Sabbath um, um, Paranoid vinyl. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, was it from that album? And I'm like, no it wasn't. And I'm like searching through like every Paranoid song, like flipping through, flipping through. It's
2: not that one, it's not that one.
1: <laughs> and like, do you ever do that? Like I guess oh, yeah. with these Guilty Pleasure songs too.
2: Oh yeah, all the time. All the fucking time, dude. I, I actually have probably the biggest, the hardest time initially starting a song like how does this song start the but if i get notes. the first line then i know the rest of the song you know yep. so i'll be googling like wow wait how does it start and then i'll remember the song i'll find the song I'm like oh yeah okay and then now i know the rest of the song yeah you know?
1: <laughs> yeah no that's a big uh somebody did this the other day there was a game and it was like a game show and it was like a music game show where it was like okay do you know the first three words of the song and like same thing people are like how does, it, how does it start? But as soon as they give those like first three or four mm-hmm. notes, or the first three or four words, mm-hmm. people can sing the whole fucking song. The whole song. thing, yeah. And it's like... It's weird how that... It's yeah. weird how the
2: brain has learned. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, once you know it and you start going, it just like flows. It's like,
2: oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Or like, <laughs> I can sing the entire second verse, but I don't know how the first one starts. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I um I appreciate you being on the show, man. Hell Thank yeah. Thank you for being on. No um, problem. Anytime. And uh, just... Tell us how to find you guys uh, in any other social realms and and website realms and stuff.
2: Yeah, uh, if you're into podcasts, I'm co-hosting a podcast with uh, Michael Long, Steve's brother. My band's name is Truth Monster. You can also find them on Facebook. You'll figure it out, I'm sure. And if you know how to use social media, you'll be good to go. Uh, Expecting to do another album here real soon. And uh, other than that, that's about it awesome man yeah cheers cheers
1: and uh there you have it you know brian is basically unabashedly a drake fan so uh take that take that as you will as you will
0: what do you mean by take that as you will
1: (laughs) well you're gonna make a judgment if he's a drake fan i think right
0: i like i mean i like drake
1: yeah i always feel like there's this there's this um cred battle with drake if you're into hip-hop you're like, well, but he's like a suburban kid from, I think he's from Canada, right? He is from Canada. And he was in a show. Degrassi. Degrassi. I've never seen it, but I, I there's always memes floating around that like Drake's not a real rapper, quote unquote, and he always gets called out in freestyle battles because his freestyles are like kind of lame, but people, people love
0: him. He's a good looking kid. He's a good looking dude. He's a good, and he's, I don't know if you start from the bottom, but he is definitely here now. And by here now, I don't mean he's actually with us right now. Nope. But just the, you know, he started from the bottom. Now he's here. That's right. Uh, the dude makes catchy music. He does. So I'll give him that. Yeah. What What do you think about Drake? I. To me, well, so, okay,
1: I I am a Donald Glover fan, so you know his childish, childish Campino. Campino. And so he gets similar things thrown at him because he was definitely like a suburban kid he didn't come from the streets i mean he says he represents atlanta as like the music scene but he definitely had a, i mean he he went to nyu for for all intents and purposes he, he, his his parents could afford to send him to a really nice school um but i feel like childish gambino is is uh has always tried to um keep his music a little edgier than Drake. And maybe that's why he gets things thrown his way. But I always feel like I I always want to defend Donald Glover over, over Drake. I don't know why. Maybe, maybe just because I like him a little bit more. So, I, I you know, there's this battle for street cred. I can't talk to it, so I'm not going to. Um, but,
0: yeah. Juggalo for life. That's all you uh, had to say, Steve. That's all I, you I, had I, to
1: say. I basically, I grew you know... <laughs> The, what's their zip code up there? <laughs> 330? I don't even know what it is in Detroit. But basically, they grew up near 8 Mile. You know? Yeah. They're tough, tough motherfuckers. So.
0: You said it, not me. That's that. They're from the streets, <laughs> literally. So, Well, you can listen to Brian's podcast at uh, The Extraordinary. Yep. And you can listen to that wherever you listen to podcasts, I assume. Yep. And, of course, you can listen to us every Mondays on iTunes, Stitcher, Google... I say Google really weird. You do? Yeah, I'm going to do it up again. iTunes, Stitcher, Google, and anywhere else you want to download a podcast. And you can follow us. I'm at Matthew underscore Bogart. Steve's at at Shoot by Daylight. And you can follow Guilty Mixtape at Guilty Mixtape on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And GuiltyMixtape.com. And we'll be back on Monday.